Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. You know, discouragement comes to everyone. Discouragement, depression, disillusion go hand in hand. You know, this triple demon is out to devour. It's out to destroy. And if you're on social media, you'll know and you'll understand that there are those who are on social media who once professed to be believers, who once professed to know God, but now are in a path of destruction. And I suppose all of us from time to time get discouraged. We want to quit. In that heat of the moment, we say, I'm going to leave this job, or I'm going to leave this marriage, or I'm going to leave this family, and they'll wish, uh, they'll miss me, and they'll wish they, they had treated me differently. And oftentimes, we get feelings like there's no use. The harder I try, the worse things get. I'm just spinning wheels. I'm getting nothing done here at church. The daily grind, the problems, the vanity, my job. I find no happiness. The daily grind. Life is just mundane. It's repetitive like Chinese water torture. And I know this for two reasons. Because I've talked to many of you who are going through it. And I've gone through it. So if you're not facing discouragement today, at some point in your life, you will. Now, let me give you examples. Moses, the Bible says that he was handpicked by God. He was the greatest leader. The Bible tells us that he had God's power in his life. But in Numbers chapter 11, verse 15, he said to God, if thou, de if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee. Joshua, the greatest general, he was handpicked by God to lead the Israelites into the promised land. But in Joshua chapter 7, verse 11, it's not in your line. He said, would to God we had been content and dwell on the other side of Jordan. In other words, what he was saying is, so this is what we get for serving God. And he said this after a great defeat. He was discouraged. He was disillusioned. He felt like giving up. He got over it, thankfully. Elijah the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. He was willing to challenge the idolatry of, of the day. Fire came down from heaven, won the face off with the prophets of Baal. But in Kings chapter 19 and verse 4, after it was all over, the Bible says that he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, enough, Lord, oh, take my life. It's interesting, isn't it? That the, these men wanted God to take their lives. They weren't worth, they weren't, uh, strong enough or weren't willing to take their own lives. They wanted God to take their lives. Job. Now, we talk about Job, his patience and his, and his faith and how he was truly a man of God. He had a great beginning and he had a great ending. But in between, the Bible says that he had lost everything. He had wished he had not been born, became suicidal and extremely depressed and discouraged for a period of time. And when you read Job chapter 3 and verse 3, he said, let the day perish in which I was born. Jonah. <clears throat> 
He wanted God to kill him. He was spiritually depressed and discouraged, and he wasn't even happy of all the souls that he had gotten saved in any man. And Paul, oh, Paul, the greatest of them all, the apostle. You know, in Acts chapter 18, it's not in your outline, but in Acts chapter 18, we find the Apostle Paul. He is in his second missionary trip, and he is arriving at Athens to Corinth, and he is experiencing a low time in his life. He is discouraged. He is disillusioned. He is depressed. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3, Paul says of the time that he spent there, he says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. We could translate it and say that Paul was saying, I was far from strong. I was nervous and I was rather shaky. In this point in time of his life, he was fatigued. For the Bible tells us that he had walked 53 miles. He was alone. He was bivocational. In other words, he was not, also, he was not only evangelist, but he was also a tent maker. He was stressed. In that same verse, it said he was pressed in the spirit. In other words, he was discouraged. He was depressed. He had a sense of failure because not much had been done uh, in his ministry in Athens. He was called a babbler. In other words, they called Paul a bird brain. He was frustrated. He was leaving a city of idolatry and he was heading for the worst of the worst, the world of immorality, the sin city. And I'm not talking about Las Vegas. He was heading to that city where the temple of Aphrodite, the goddess of sex, and a thousand prostitutes sold their bodies in the name, in the temple, in the name of religion. Paul was unappreciated. He was depressed. He was disillusioned in Corinth. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, Paul says this, I would most gladly spend and spend for your souls. If I love you more, I am loved less. Paul, the greatest of them all, he is discouraged, he is depressed, he is disillusioned. And at this point, on his trip alone, he had been beaten and jailed in Philippi. He had been persecuted in Thessalonica and Berea. He had been ridiculed in Athens, and now he has to face Corinth. He is at a low point of his life. He is depressed. He is discouraged. He is disillusioned. He is at a, at a crossroads in his ministry, and he is about to quit, to give up, to throw in the towel, to say, I'm done. But the Bible tells us there that God came to Paul and showed him that trying times are not times to quit. That trying times are not times to 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 quit trying. In James chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the one who preserves under trials because having stood the test, the person who receives a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. How many love Jesus this morning? How many truly love Jesus? How many truly love Jesus? Well, if you love Jesus, Jesus has promised a crown of glory for you. What are you trying to say, Pastor? What I'm trying to say is that when you feel beaten down, when you feel discouraged, when you feel depressed, when you feel dis disillusioned, when you feel that you're too tired to keep going, remember that we are promised a crown of life. Our reward is in heaven, and it's worth all the trials that we will face here on earth. Can I get a witness?
You know, I love what the Apostle Paul tells the Romans in chapter Rome in 8, chapter 18. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The word of God. You see, being a Christian doesn't mean you don't have moments of discouragement. Can I get a witness? But a strong Christians make sure that that's all they are. Moments. In other words, strong Christians don't stay discouraged, praise God. Disappointments are inevitable. Discouragement is a choice. Turn around to your neighbor town. Discouragement is a choice. And we will experience discouragement because we have expectations. We have desires. We will make mistakes and fail. None of us here are perfect, praise God. Amen. Disappointments are inevitable, but discouragement is a choice. Can I get a witness? In other words, strong Christians choose not to stay discouraged. Look at there in your outline in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. It says, don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. Happiness comes from money. Happiness comes from wealth. Happiness comes from from materialism. But only joy comes from the Lord. Amen. You can't be joyful and discouraged at the same time. Discouragement causes a sense of defeat, a sense of hopelessness, putting you at danger of giving up, of throwing in the towel. Strong Christians don't stay discouraged. Can I get a witness? You know, the longer you stay discouraged, the more likely you are to give up. Give up trying. Give up hoping. Give up trusting. Give up loving giving up on Jesus, giving up on believing in God. Trying times are not time to quit. Trying, can I get a witness? And discouragement can cause me to give up. The devil's favorite words for a growing Christians are to give up. And he'll whisper it in your ear. And he'll tell you in different various times in your life to give up. He tries to achieve it through fear and discouragement. You know, there's a legend that tells us how the devil was auctioning off all his tools that he uses to wreck the lives of God's people. There was pride. There was hate. There was jealousy. There was gossip. There was criticism and bitterness. And he had a high price on all of these tools. But there was one tool that had a sign under it that said, not for sale. It was a strange looking tool and someone asked, why isn't this one for sale? The devil said, well, I couldn't afford to get rid of that one because it's my chief tool. It's discouragement. Why is it so important? The devil said, well, you see, I can get into the heart and pry it open with this tool. And once I get it into that, into the heart, I can do most anything I want. The devil said, discouragement is my most effective tool. He says, more damage can be done by discouragement than any other thing in my life. Even good folks get discouraged. 
That's why the Bible greatly addresses these two topics. We are told over and over and over and over again not to fear and to have courage. You see, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power. And the Greek word for power means dynamite. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Can I get someone to say amen? You know, there are over 365 verses in the Bible, one for each day that encourage us and tells us not to fear, to be courageous, for God is with his people. You know, Jesus commands us not to be discouraged. Amen. Listen to what Jesus told his disciples just before probably one of the most discouraging experiences in his life. He was on his way to Calvary for a brutal death. And he tells his disciples in John chapter 11, verse uh, chapter John chapter 14, verse 1, he says, don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. King James says, don't, don't be troubled. Believe in me, believe also in God. For in my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you so. Therefore, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again, so that where you are, I will take you with me. Praise God. You see, Jesus knew that we would face discouragement. Jesus knew that we would face disappointments. And he commands us not to be discouraged. Discouragement is not to be wallowed, it's to be fought. So how do we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me give you four ways. How to fight discouragement. There in your outline. Psalms 42.5, the psalmist David said, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed with me? You know, David often talked to himself. He would often encourage himself. Anybody talk to yourself? <laughs> Praise God. Now, David often talked to himself. You know, he said, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And then he says to himself, and forget not of his blessings. He would often talk to himself. He would often encourage himself. And in Psalms 42, 5, David says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed with, you, with me? And then he says, put your hope in God. He talks to himself. I don't know if it's up there. But he says, put your hope in God. And I tell you the same thing this morning, day spring. Put your hope in God. Amen. Don't put your hope in man. Don't put your hope in wealth. Don't put your hope in material. Put your hope in God. Praise God. David says, for I will praise him, my Savior and my God. You know, we can defeat, we can't defeat what we can't identify. So my question is, what has disappointed you? What are you fearful of? What is causing hopelessness? What are you trying to control? So to fight discouragement, you need to know what is causing it. So when we get discouraged, we get discouraged when, and you can write this down, when we feel 
inadequate. When we feel inadequate, reminds me of Moses and Jeremiah. You know, they felt inadequate. You remember Moses? God spoke to Moses and said, hey, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Oh, man. Musta felt like, like God was just stabbing him because Moses just, uh, just objected. He says, well, Lord, you know, I'm a, I'm a stutter. What if they don't listen to me? Who should I say sent me? He felt inadequate. Who should I say your name is? Jeremiah was the same way. God, told, God spoke to Jeremiah and he said, hey, go tell your people that if they don't repent, they're going to fall under Babylonian rule. Oh, Jeremiah, man, oh, that must have felt really bad for Jeremiah because Jeremiah says, you know, Lord, I can't speak. You know, he felt inadequate. You know, when I took over a small church in Burbank, we were about 40 members, you know, we were about 40 members. And I remember I, I took over that church and the first Sunday that we were there, there was a couple that was there, took me out to lunch. And, and we sat down for lunch and, and um, you know, they were talking about what your education is, so on and so forth. And I asked Brother Bill, I said, I said, what do you do, Brother Bill? He says, well, I'm an electrical engineer. And I asked uh, Sister Ada, I said, well, what do you do, Sister Ada? She said, well, I'm a nurse practitioner. And, and if you know what a nurse practitioner is, those who, who are in the medical field, you know that practic she's practically a doctor. And here's a poor boy from Pacoima. I mean, I, I was going to be their spiritual leader. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, I felt so inadequate. But I said, whatever it is, Lord, I know your help comes from up above and your presence is in my life. It is what it is because I feel your presence and you're going to guide me and help me. Can I get a witness? You know, discouragement can set in when we feel that, that we can't and won't achieve a particular goal in our life. When your not yet starts to feel like it's not over. We feel discouraged because our efforts have not yielded the results that we want and we don't know what else to do. So second, we get discouraged when God disappoints us or when we feel that God had dis disappoints us. You can write that down. Have you ever prayed for something and felt like God didn't answer? Or am I the only one? You know, wife got sick and um, she was sick for about a week and finally I convinced her you know, she wanted to go to La Salvadora yeah. <laughs> man those who know amen but I, I took her to the doctor and the doctor said well, she just has stomach flu so gave her medication sent her on her way she got worse I, mean, I was just praying God you know I mean my wife yeah, I, I really need her. I, I love her, and I, and I need her. And I was just praying to God, and I felt like God had just disappointed me because he just wasn't hearing my prayers. So I took her to the hospital again, and finally they did x-rays, and they found something going on in her stomach. They said, well, you're going to have to go to the hospital because you need an MRI to see what's really going on in there. So she went to the hospital the following week. I mean, she, she was just throwing up. She was losing weight. She, she gotten really sick, and I was just so discouraged because I felt like God wasn't listening to me. I was praying, Brother Steve. I 
in prayer and I asked the prayer, can you just pray and see if God can hear your prayer? Because he's obviously not hearing mine. I was discouraged. I was disillusioned. I was depressed. She went to the doctor on Friday morning and an MRI and they said, no, she's going to have to go for emergency surgery. She called me and, and I immediately left work and I went to the hospital and, and she was there. And I was discouraged. I thought God wasn't answering my prayers. She, she'd gone through the hospital and she had surgery and, and, you know, after surgery, she progressively got worse. Man, I'm, I'm thinking, God, you know, I thought this was going to answer. And, and, and I told my wife I left her there and I went to, I came to church because I needed something. I needed discouragement. I, I, I was on empty. I was running on empty. I, I, needed, I needed to be filled with his word, with his power. So I, I came to church depressed. And you know me, I stand there and I'm, I'm yelling. If, if you don't hear me yelling, then I'm not here. You know, but I was quiet. Someone asked me, well, why are you so quiet? Well, I just didn't want to tell them. I was discouraged. I was depressed. You know, funny thing is, I, I went to the cafe because I, I went to go get a coffee. And, and uh, someone said something to me at the cafe that even discouraged me even more. You know, it's like kick him when he's down. You know? So what am I trying to say? Well, if you go to the cafe after church, <laughs> you can be standing next to someone who's trying their best not to fall apart. So be nice to that person. Can someone say amen? Amen. How about when God wants something for you that you don't want for yourself? How about when, you're, when you counted on God to protect you from harm and tragedy, but it still came? You see, when, when, when we have expectations of God and it doesn't happen, what happens? We become discouraged. We become disillusioned. Praise God, we become depressed. Third is, we get discouraged when, you can write this down, when we suffer for an extended time. You know, long periods of suffering can cause us to get discouraged because of the way of the pain. Extended periods of pain can cause us to lose hope that, that God will move in our situation and lose hope. Even in the darkest Listen to me, even in the most darkest, most painful moments of our lives, let me tell you that there is a divine purpose that God is always working. Maybe I need to say that again. Even in our darkest, most painful moments of our lives, there is a divine purpose that God is always working. Don't we sing that song? Even when we don't feel it, God is working. Even when we don't see it, God is working. Even when we don't feel it, God is working. Don't we sing it? Don't we praise it? Praise God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Praise God. The Apostle Paul, it says that he had... Uh, an eye uh, condition after he had fallen off the horse in Damascus and, and the Apostle Paul is, is, uh, is, is discouraged and he asked, he asked God, God, you take this away from me. And you know what God answered him? He said, my grace is sufficient. 
God's grace is sufficient. Praise God. Praise God. You know, I, I told my wife, I don't know what's going on, but God is working in our midst. Praise God. Can someone give God a hand? Praise. Praise God. And we get discouraged when, you can write this down, when we compare ourselves to others. It's the most dangerous thing you can do. Amen? You know, I remember earlier in my life, I, I struggled terribly with an inferiority complex. I did. Inadequacy, insufficiency. I, I struggled with incompetency and deficiency. I'm a pocho, so my English and Spanish sometimes gets, gets in the way. Those are just a few words to express what I felt when I was younger. I, I had this, this self-image. What am I trying to say? Don't compare yourself to others. Amen? You're not a copy. Just someone said amen. You are not a copy. You are an original. Amen. Praise God. Created in the image of God. Hey, there's no one like you. Can you imagine if we all looked like Pastor Nestor? No. You are not a copy. You are an original. You were created in the image of God. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. God has made you who you are. You are special. You are who you are. God created you to be you, praise God. You were created in the image of God. Can someone say amen? You know, we are prone to compare ourselves to others. And, and you know what? When we compare ourselves to others, we, de- we get discouraged when we haven't achieved what others have achieved. Let me tell you, men, that there's going to be uh, men who have prettier wives than you. Yes. That there are those who are going to have a bigger car or a nicer house. Amen. And if you start comparing yourself to others, you know, my mom... She, she owns a house, and, you know, when the neighbor would paint her house, my mom would paint her house. When the neighbor would cut their grass, my mom would cut her grass. Like, and I tell them, why are you comparing yourself to the neighbor? Praise God. Amen. We get discouraged when we start comparing ourselves to others. Praise God. Someone is going to have a bigger house. Someone is going to have a, a nicer hair. Amen. Don't compare yourselves to others. Praise God. Comparing ourselves to others is a game that we will never win, praise God. It will only lead us to discouragement. Can I get a witness? You know, there is a difference between comparing and being inspired by the lives of others. Amen? Second, to fight discouragement. Don't dwell, and you can write this down, on the negative. Have you ever been around people who are just negative? Amen. Five of you. I mean, you, you go to work Monday morning. Hey, good morning. Well, what's so good about it? <laughs> or do you have those co-workers? I mean, just, just or negative people. I mean, you're just around negative people. You know, I, I tend to stay away from negative people. And I got to tell you, I'm a nice guy. And if you don't like me, that's, that's your problem, you know, because, amen. Yes, yeah, so you know, there's people that don't like me. That's okay. You know, I, I love everybody. But I, I tend to stay away from negative people because they just, they bring you down, don't they? 
Hey, man, you're, I mean, you're, you're just go happy. and they just negative, negative all the time. I refuse to be negative. You know what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and it's not in your outline, but you can write it down. Philippians 4, 8, Paul says this. He tells the Philippians. I love this. He says, and thou, my dear brothers and my sisters. He says, one thing, one final thing. He tells them, fix your thoughts on what is true and what is honorable and what is right and what is pure and what is admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. In other words, what the Apostle Paul was telling the Philippians, stay away from the negative. Stay positive, praise God. <laughs> Negatives will bring you down. It will discourage you. The negative for most is our past, our failures. If you dwell on them, you won't be able to fight discouragement. You know, someone said, if you have neck pain, don't look back. <laughs> Praise God. We're constantly looking at our past. I like what C.S. Lewis wrote. C.S. Lewis wrote, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Amen. Praise God. So learn from your past and your failures, but then leave them behind. You see, the past has nothing new to offer you. Dwelling in the past, advanced failures can cause you to miss what God wants to do in your life today. Look at Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. It says, for I am about to do what? A new thing. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create the rivers in a wasteland. Don't look back. Don't dwell on the negative. Don't dwell on what God wants for you today. And so I want to remind you that slow and small change are good. They produce growth and improvement. The danger is not that you grow, change, or improve slowly. The danger is that you stop growing and changing or improving. The third, to fight discouragement, encourage yourself in God's word. So important, you can write this down. Encourage yourself in God's word. Encourage yourself in God's word. I don't know if you remember the story of David. You know, David is running from, from Saul. And Saul is after him. And, 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 and David aligns himself with the Palestinians. And, and uh, he's at zigzag, Ziglag. Ziglag. That's the roll-up with the joints, right? Some, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Ziglag. Hey, I was in the world too. You remember those little joint things? <laughs> Come on now. I'm talking to someone who was in the world. Uh, someone knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, David, David is, is running, and he's at Ziglag. And he had lined himself up with, with the Palestinians. And you know what the Bible tells us? The Bible tells us that when David came back to his camp, 
The Bible says that his, David and his men found that the women, the women and, and the children had been, had, been, um, had been taken. And David is, is discouraged. He is depressed, Brother Steve. But you know what the Bible tells us? The Bible tells us that David encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Praise God. He didn't wait for the pastor to encourage him. He didn't wait for a priest to encourage him. The Bible tells us that he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, when I'm hungry, I go to McDonald's because I can't cook to save my life. I mean, I burn water. But when I'm hungry, I, I do something. Praise God. And so the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Don't wait for the pastor to encourage you. Don't wait for the priest to encourage you. Get yourself in his word. You are discouraged. Get yourself in his word. His word will, will, will lift you up. His word will get into his word because it's the word of God that's going to bring you to righteousness and truth. Can someone say Amen. Look at Psalms 19.7. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, giving you strength to the soul. The scripture gives us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Romans chapter 15, verse 4 says, the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promise to be fulfilled. In every discouragement, God wants to encourage you. The main way he does it is through his word. Our lives will, will go up and down, but his word will remain forever to encourage you. Can someone say amen? amen? Preach to yourself. Tell God that you are who you are. How to embrace, and I'm finishing with this. Don't try to control your outcomes. Don't try to control your outcomes. You know, a wise woman once said, or once told me, my wife, she said, can you control the outcome? Is it in your hands? Well, no. Well, then let it go. You know, when we try to control the outcomes in our lives, we get discouraged, and it's impossible to be in control. Why? Because we're not God. Amen? We are not God. So remember, you can write this down, you have everything you need. You have everything you need. And remember, you can write this down, that you have everything you need. And practice prayer and gratitude. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. 
From today on, I will follow you. Transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.